This has not been a humorous week, but one of the most humorous things I read this week was someone posting, are you sure 2020 is over? There were events this week that have been so commonplace for so many years that have become now riotous. Political science and government was a favorite class of mine in college, and I didn't even know that a joint session of Congress had to legally affirm the votes of the Electoral College. I thought that was just something that happened during the Civil War Reconstruction era, which was the last time, by the way, 1876, when there was controversy about the Electoral College votes because some states had not yet been readmitted to the Union. Because some people believed there was voter fraud, and because some people didn't get their way, and because some people just want to cause trouble, I don't know everyone's motives, some people forced their way into the Capitol building and for a time delayed the Electoral College vote affirmation. One woman got shot and killed by the D.C. police. She was an Air Force veteran, so I would presume that she was patriotic, and she died for it. Was her death worth it? Personally, I'm not sure. She was 35 years old and married, and I bet her husband is not so sure either. He didn't go with her to Washington, D.C. I don't point this out to slam her. By all accounts, she was a woman of strong conviction. But before you or I or anyone decides to move on our convictions, I had better be sure my convictions and my actions are righteous. The acronym WWJD, What Would Jesus Do?, has been around in some form since 1896 when Charles Sheldon published his, his book, In His Steps. Jesus, as a man, always moved with right conviction and actions. So what would Jesus do? Or more to the point, what would Jesus riot? Maybe that sounds like a contradiction to some, Jesus rioting. But we have accounts in the Gospels of two times Jesus clearing the temple, and it reads like a one-man riot. Let's read the account in Matthew 21, 12 through 15. Jesus went into the temple and threw out all those buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. He said to them, It is written, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. When the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonders that he did and the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. The first thing I want us to notice is where Jesus riots. Jesus rioted his own house. Jesus has gone to the temple of the Most High God of Israel. This is supposed to be a place to receive forgiveness of sins, a place to commune with God, a place to learn about God, a place for healing, a place to pray. Instead, it has become a place to get ripped off. If you want to come and pray, it's difficult because the outer court has been turned into an open market with tables and animals. If you want to make a sacrifice, it's difficult, because if you brought an animal from home, someone there will claim it has a defect and you have to buy a new sacrificial animal, I'm sure at an inflated price. If you want to pay for your sacrificial animal, it's difficult, because the temple has its own currency, so you have to pay to exchange your money. This is God's house. But God's presence has not been there since the days of Ezekiel. 
Now, in Jesus, God's presence has returned, and he finds that his house of prayer has been turned into a house of thieves. And Jesus riots. Jesus riots against sin. The temple is his house, so he starts cleaning his house. He throws out the buyers and sellers. He turns over the tables of the money changers. Coins are clanking everywhere. He takes the seats out from under those selling sacrificial doves. If someone's doing evil in my own home, I have not just the right, but the obligation to stop it. Jesus was not willing to just riot, but to give up his life to stop sin. The temple is not his only house. Psalm 24.1 says, The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants, belong to the Lord. When Jesus sacrificed his life to save the world from sin, he didn't have to riot, but he did have to have righteous conviction. Also, it was his second cleaning of the temple that really got the priests and scribes looking for a way to kill him, according to Mark 11.18. I saw a picture of a D.C. rioter carrying a sign that said, Jesus saves. Dr. Joanne Lyon saw a picture of someone wearing a breastplate that said Jesus on it. I saw false social media posts by two Wesleyan leaders who have put Republican nationalism as equal or higher religion than following Christ. As a Christian and a Wesleyan, I want to clean my own house. Even if there was voter fraud, storming the Capitol building is not what Jesus would do. Joe Biden may not be mine or someone else's choice for president, but he's not Hitler. Despite Dietrich Bonhoeffer's conviction, not all Christians were even convinced in his time that God would approve of them murdering Adolf Hitler. Yet earlier this week, some Christians, not only Christians, but some Christians participated in a riot on the Capitol. And others voiced their approval or tried to shift the blame because their flawed presidential candidate lost to the other flawed presidential candidate. If I'm going to riot about sin, I'm going to riot about the sexual sin and abuse in the leadership of Hillsong Church. I'm going to riot about Ravi Zacharias sexually abusing women in a spa. I'm going to riot about pedophile priests not being sent to jail. I'm going to riot about no one coming to faith or being baptized in my own congregation for the last two years. I'm going to riot about the sin in my own house and in God's house. While we are first citizens of the kingdom of God, we are also citizens and residents of the United States of America. Do I have a responsibility to clean up my national, state, and local house as well? Well, sure I do, but I need to remember two things as I go about it. First, I need to be able to see clearly what correction needs to be made. Matthew 7, 1 through 5, Jesus says, Do not judge so that you will not be judged, for you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others, and you will be measured by the same measure you use. What? Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye and look, there's a beam of wood in your own eye. Hypocrite, first take the beam of wood out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. See, my priority is first examining my own life. Then God's church. Then if those things are in order, I can start helping my nation, my state, my city. 
Second, I need to consider my approach. Right now, our country's thinking is that everything that I disagree with is a cancer and must be attacked with violent aggression. That's not how Jesus rioted. And science is discovering that that's not even the best way to treat cancer. If violence isn't the best way to treat cancer, how can it possibly be the best way to treat people? Matthew 21, 13 through 14. Jesus said to them, It is written, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Jesus restored people. Yes, Jesus threw people out of the temple. He turned over tables. Jesus took people's chairs. John 2.15 tells us that Jesus made a whip out of cords. Jesus pushed over tables, though, not people. If I'm going to move animals out of the temple, I need some kind of prod or whip. Jesus herded animals. He never hurt anyone. Jesus didn't clear the temple because he wasn't getting his cut of the prophets. Jesus cleared the temple so that people could come and pray. Jesus cleared the temple so that people could be healed. The lame and the blind came into the temple. Being lame and blind was not an uncleanness that would prevent someone from coming into the temple, but according to Leviticus 21.18, those were defects that would prevent people from being priests because a person with defects can't enter the Lord's presence. Jesus heals these people, making them fit to enter the presence of and service of the Lord. Benjamin Phillips was in Washington, D.C. to try and get a network of Republicans and Democrats to work together. When the chaos started this week, he suffered a stroke and died. Kevin uh, Grewan, according to his family, was an advocate of President Trump and attended the event on January 6, 2021, to show his support. He was excited to be there to experience this event. He was not there to participate in violence or rioting, nor did he condone such, such actions. Kevin had a history of high blood pressure and in the midst of the excitement suffered a heart attack. Roseanne Boylan died after being crushed in the crowd. When I engage in anything, whether it be a good work or a riot, I've got to ask myself, am I healing or hurting people? Am I restoring things to what God would want, or am I merely ripping things apart that I don't like? It's the same problem we've had in Minneapolis. Some people are trying to heal, but there are also people trying to hurt and destroy. Let's finish off Matthew twenty-one fifteen. When the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonders that he did and the children shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Lastly, Jesus was recognized because of the riot. What was the result of Jesus' riot? Did they elect a new high priest? Nope. Did they vote out all the incumbent Levites? Nope. Did they go to Pilate's headquarters or Herod's palace and demand reform? No. Did Jesus team up with the zealots to force reform? No. Jesus didn't have all the same legal options that we have today in the United States. Jesus did have all the same illegal options that we have in the United States. But Jesus took a particular approach because he had a goal that was eternal, not just temporal. Jesus certainly knew that as soon as he left, those sellers of animals would start moving back in. Jesus also knew 
then in a few days there would be no more need for animal sacrifices. Jesus also knew that in a few years the physical temple would be destroyed and they would be unable to make animal sacrifices even if they wanted to. Jesus' riot is only a pause in a failing system that he will put an end to on the cross and with his resurrection and finally in 70 AD when the temple is destroyed. Jesus clears the temple and heals people in that space so that people will recognize him. The chief priests and the scribes see the wonders that he did and the cleansing, the healings, and the children shouting, Savior, the Son of David. Jesus is recognized. But just because someone recognizes Jesus doesn't mean they will necessarily like what they see. The chief priests and scribes says they were indignant, which means very displeased. But Jesus didn't clear the temple so that people would like him. He cleared the temple so that people would recognize him. John 2.17 tells us that Jesus' disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. In just about every article I've read on the D.C. riot, I've seen a picture of the guy I'm calling Buffalo Man. Some dude with no shirt, paint on his body, wearing a buffalo headdress. He's at the front desk of Congress. That guy came to promote himself. When I engage in anything, whether it be a good work or a riot, I've got to ask myself, am I showing people Jesus? If not, I'm just some dude looking for five minutes of fame. But if I'm showing people Jesus, then I'm changing lives, communities, my church, my city, my denomination, my nation, my world. See, it's the sinner that says, I will kill for my convictions. Jesus says, I will die for my people. Let's pray. This is from Psalm 29. The Lord God is strong and holy. His voice transforms creation. His throne is above all chaos. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with peace. I hope uh, something in this message resonated with you and also something challenged you. I hope you want to delve into something that you want to learn more about, and I hope you will find something to do based on what you've heard. May the weakest among us be like King David. May the God who gives encouragement and endurance give us the spirit of unity as we follow Christ, so that with one heart, and one mouth, we may together glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ.